today on Building in Faith with Pastor Ed Jones. gives people the ability to enjoy life. You could be in a cottage or you could be in a Beverly mansion. You could be driving a broken down vehicle or you could be driving a $100,000 vehicle. If God says, son, I'm pleased with you, you're going to be as happy as a lark. If he says, I'm displeased with you, misery upon misery, diet of ashes, emptiness. Reaching up high with arms open wide, we see you're changing our lives so we can be our heads and feet. Pastor Ed continues to tell us Solomon's warning about money. The warning is that money cannot buy us satisfaction or happiness. Even with all the money and things of this world, if we don't have God as the center of our lives, we're doomed for death and we'll always be left wanting more. The Bible is clear that life will be good for those in the presence of God, even if they're poor. Simply put, money should be a vessel to serve God through us, not a master we become a servant to. Now here's Pastor Ed with today's message, Money Can't Buy You Happiness. of you know people with money packed away just there in the bank or there in some investment and he's saying they don't realize that they've lost the capacity to enjoy the wealth and then he goes a step further and he says this uh Wealth hoarded to the harm of its owner. You know, the person saving coupons and using coupons. Uh, nothing's wrong with coupons. But, they, they, you know, they, they're just stingy. They're not spending anything. Just hoarding everything there. So it's no use. It's like they never had it. And then he said, on. Or wealth lost through some misfortune. Something happens. Suddenly the stock market goes down. There's an illness And the insurance doesn't cover it. How many of you know people? Save, save, save. And they've accumulated wealth. And then they just give it to the nursing home. How many have a a dollar bill? If you have a dollar bill, would you just take it out? No, I'm not going to take an offering. Don't worry. Just take a dollar bill out. I want you to take it out for a second. I want you to turn to the back of the dollar bill. Look at the right side of the dollar bill inside that circle. Now, what do you see on the right side of the dollar bill inside the circle? What do you see? Okay, let me read a verse to you. In the blink of an eye, wealth disappears. For it will sprout wings and fly away like an eagle. (laughs) That's what happens. It just goes. It's gone. It disappears. And you've been hoarding it or you've been saving. And Solomon is saying, don't be foolish. Don't hoard it. 
don't, uh, you don't know if you're going to have it. And then he goes on to say, wealth will be hollow, empty. I've seen another evil under sun, and it weighs heavily on men. God gives a man wealth, possessions, and honor. That sounds pretty good. And remember, who got that? Solomon. Remember, Solomon had a dream, and God came to him in the dream, and he asked for wisdom to lead the people, and God was pleased with him. And he said, besides that wisdom, I'm going to give you wealth and honor, and I'm going to bless your house. And, and, and Solomon's blessed. So he's talking really at a personal experience here. He says, so that he lacks nothing his heart desires. Now notice this. But God does not enable him to enjoy them. A stranger enjoys them instead. This is meaningless and a grievous evil. Now, here's what you have to remember. In our culture, in Western culture, we attach to wealth joy. We attach to money contentment. That's not true. There's an ordinance in heaven settled by God who says you may be blessed with much but if you don't put me first you'll never be able to enjoy it. And you can't fight against God. The ability to enjoy life is a separate gift from the ability from the material things in this life. The ability to enjoy the things that are good doesn't necessarily come with the goods. It comes with a relationship with God. It's something that he gives. There was this one man by the name of Neil Borman. He decided to burn all his brand name goods. See, he, he wrote about it, and it was in the BBC magazine in 2006. What he did was, well, let me, let me read to you what he said. I'm addicted to brands, he confessed in this magazine article. He said, from an early age, I've been taught that to be accepted, to be lovable, to be cool, one must have the right stuff. At junior school, I tried to make friends with the popular kids only to be ridiculed for the lack of stripes on my trainers. Once I had nagged my parents to the point of buying me shoes, I was duly accepted at school. I became much happier as a result. As long as my parents continued to buy me the brands, life was more fun. Now at 31, I still behave according to the playground law. And what he said is he found a continual dull ache in his heart that the answer wasn't in having the brand name things. The Apple computer. Uh, Your identity is not because you're drinking the right soda or you're driving the right car or you're wearing the right clothes with the right symbol on them or name brand don't believe the lie don't believe the culture don't believe that happiness 
is in the acquisition of things. That happiness is having something more. He's trying to tell us wealth will be hollow. If God says you've crossed the line, you've put things before me, you'll not find joy in them. You can have all you want. You could have two and a half billion dollars and be the richest man in America. It won't make a difference. Recognize that God's blessing is what's most important. Now, another reason that he, he, he's going to hammer at is wealth can't be kept. Wealth can be useless or lost. Wealth can, will be hollow without God's blessing on it. Wealth can't be kept. Naked a man comes from his mother's womb, and he comes, so he departs. He takes nothing from his labor that he can carry in his hands. This too is grievous. A man comes, so he departs. And what does he gain since he toils for the wind? When you came into this world, you came with nothing. When you leave this world, you leave with I mean, you may have a lot of stuff. You could put it in the U-Haul, but they're not going to take it to the cemetery. We leave it all behind. And Solomon's saying, recognize that we don't take the things of this life with us, yet we store them, store them, store them. And God is saying, my child, my son, my daughter, don't. Life does not consist of the acquisition of goods. Don't build bigger barns. Don't try and get more and more. Satisfaction is not found in those things. I think about all the wealthy people that couldn't buy health, that couldn't buy happiness. Steve McQueen. Michael Landon. You think about Steve Jobs. Couldn't get more life. You think about uh, Robin Williams. It doesn't buy satisfaction. It doesn't buy happiness. It just doesn't. Think of Jim Elliott, who in January 8, 1956, was attacked in uh, Ecuador as a missionary, but those Indians were saved and their lives were changed. And think about what he wrote. He is no fool to give what he cannot keep in order to gain that which he can never lose. He is no fool to give what he cannot keep in order to gain that which he can never lose. Princess Diana, did fame, money, and wealth buy you happiness? Robin Williams, did it buy you happiness? Solomon says, it can't, it won't. Don't be duped by the culture. Now, the secret of enjoying your life. We're waiting for that point. The secret of enjoying your life. Verse 18. 
Then I realized that it is good and proper for a man to eat and drink and to find satisfaction in his toilsome labor under the sun during the few days of life God has given him, for this is his lot. What God is saying in this word is he wants you to enjoy life. He doesn't want you to go through life just miserable, unhappy, and so on. But he wants you to put him first. He'll bless you, and, and, and he blesses people in different ways, but you have to keep him first. If you take the blessings and you put them ahead of the blesser, you make the blessings an idol, and in the book of Isaiah, it says, idols are like eating ashes. How would you like it, gentlemen, if you come home and your wife said, I have another burnt offering for you? And that's your diet. God is saying, if you put your possessions, your position, the things that you have before me, it's like eating ashes. It leaves you empty. God is the one who gives us the ability to enjoy life. In the text, verse 19, moreover, when God gives any man wealth and possessions and enables him to enjoy them, nothing's wrong with wealth or possessions, enables him to enjoy them, to accept his lot and be happy, his work, this is a gift from God. There's so much in this text. One of the things is don't keep on looking at everybody else. I know in our Constitution it says that all men are created, well, equal. In, in some sense they are, in another sense they aren't. I cannot lead a choir or an orchestra like Pastor Crank. Pastor Crank, you take over. I, I have my limitations. You have your limitations. We're all different. And so we don't look at each other and try and compare ourselves with ourselves. We, we, whatever our lot in life is. Now, I'm not saying that we should become lazy or that we should just simply sit back and, 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 no, no. But we should be learned to be content like Paul the Apostle said. Lord, this is what you've blessed me with. I'm happy. I, I don't need things to make me happy. I need you. See, it's not what you possess, it's who you possess. It's if you have a relationship with God. That's what Solomon is driving at. See, it's God who gives people the ability, the gift to enjoy life. Uh, Rockefeller, at the age of 53, John D. Rockefeller ate crackers and milk. That's all he could stomach. And then he came to an epiphany. He came to some realization that he was living life wrong. He was making a million dollars a week. I mean, he was a billionaire. America has more billionaires than any other country. John D. Rockefeller was making it. But then he realized this, and this is what he wrote. Let me read to you what he said. God gave me money. I believe the power to make money is a gift from God. He was right. To be developed and to be used to the best of our ability for the good of mankind. Having been endowed with the gift I possess, I believe that it is my duty to make money 
and still more money and to use the money I make for the good of my fellow man according to the dictates of my conscience. There's a big difference. When you begin to realize and say, Lord, I will seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be added. God, I am a steward of what you've given and I will serve you in that way. What he's saying is that God gives people the ability to enjoy life. You could be in a cottage or you could be in a Beverly mansion. You could be driving a broken down vehicle or you could be driving a $100,000 vehicle. If God says, son, I'm pleased with you, you're going to be as happy as a lark. If he says, I'm displeased with you, Misery upon misery, diet of ashes, emptiness. That's what Solomon is saying. It's all about making God center in our lives, not peripheral. Then he goes on to say this. God's gift of joy helps us enjoy our short lives. He says, when God is blessing us, you seldom reflects on the day of his life because God keeps him occupied with gladness in his heart. You know, life is so short. It's quick. It's gone. It's like, I remember as a young pastor. I was in Effort of Pennsylvania. I was with my lead pastor, Pastor Clark, and we were painting together. And he was in his mid-60s, and he turns to me, and he says to me, Ed, you know, I can't believe how quick time goes. I still feel like a 20-year-old inside. You have to be careful what you say to a senior pastor. So I was thinking, you don't look it. (laughs) How could you not feel your age because you've lived 60 years? I understand better now. (laughs) Life goes by so quick, you turn around and, and the years have gone. They've passed. And God is saying in his word, I'll make sure that you enjoy the journey. So when you get to the end of it, there'll be joy in your heart. J.C. Penney became real sick and ill. He was in the hospital. And there in the hospital, the doctors couldn't figure out what in the world is wrong with this man. And there in the hospital, the nurses began singing. And as they began singing, they sang this song, God Will Take Care of You. That was before the days of things being politically correct. And all of a sudden, he heard that song, and it did something in him, and he got better. And he went out, and he restarted his business, and things went well. But there was faith in his heart, and he he began to put God first. Uh, There's an old song that says, uh, of course, Some through the water, some through the flood, some through the fire, but all through the blood. Some through great sorrow, but God gives a song in the night seasons all the day long. That was written by a man by the name of George Young. George Young was a carpenter who uh, became an evangelist, and he would preach in all small churches. And towards the end of his journey, he decided to build a little cottage for him and his wife. And uh, he must have offended someone in his preaching, because when he got back to that cottage, they had burnt it down. And he gazed at the ruins, and and he said, 
I thank God that they couldn't take my relationship to Christ away. I thank God they couldn't take my ministry, my eternal home, my family. And then he wrote the song, God Leads His Children Along. Now, they published that song. Uh, He died later on, and uh, the publisher wanted to find his wife, uh, Mrs. Young. And he found out that she was in Kansas, and she lived in a very poor section. And he felt terrible. Wait, God leads his children along, and here she is in this poor house. So he made a search, he found her, and when he found her, this is the conversation that went on. Uh, so he drives to a small Kansas town where she resided, and uh, he, 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 he's concerned for her. And this is what she says. One day God took my sweet husband home. How I miss him. For we had always served the Lord together. In my heart, I wondered, where will God lead me now? God, let me hear. I'm so glad he did. For you know about every month someone comes to this place and they spend the rest of their days here and I have a chance to lead them to Jesus Christ and they've been saved. And she said, I am so happy. In her own words, she says, I'm having the time of my life introducing them to Jesus. If God puts joy in your heart, the world can't take it away. Now, I just want you to do one more thing before I conclude. I want you to take out that dollar bill. I'm not going to take an offering, I promise. But I just want you to take out that dollar and just look at it, and I want to read something to you. If Mr. Washington could speak to us, this is what he might say. Money could speak. You hold me in your hand and call me yours. Yet may I not as well call you mine. See how easily I rule you to gain me, you would all but die. I'm invaluable, as rain essential as a water. Without me, men and institutions would die. Yet I do not hold the power of life for them. I'm futile without the stamp of your desire. I go nowhere unless you send for me. Men will mock, love, and scorn character. Think about what people will do for $10 million or $2 million. Yet, I am appointed to the service of saints to give education to the growing mind and food to the starving bodies of the poor. My power is terrific. Handle me carefully, wisely, lest you become my servant rather than I yours. Jesus put it this way. No man can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Happiness, contentment, satisfaction, it's not in the American dream. Let me burst that bubble. It's in the relationship with God. It's putting him first saying, Lord, you are Lord of all. I am 
have. The book of Ecclesiastes is a practical look at life, not sugarcoating the difficulties that can be experienced. However, the writer reminds us that God is faithful and has a greater plan for each of us. We can trust Him to bring us through and provide us the strength that we need, always. We do hope you've been blessed by today's message on Building in Faith and invite you to visit our website to learn more about our ministry. Our web address is buildinginfaithradio.com. That's buildinginfaithradio.com. There you'll find an archive of previous messages available to listen to or download, or even share with someone you feel will be impacted by the message. Be sure to find us on Facebook as well by searching for Faith AG2. We know how important social media is in people's lives today, and by liking us on Facebook, you can keep up to date with all that's happening at Faith Assembly. We'd also like to invite you to join us if you're in the Poughkeepsie area for our weekly time of fellowship, Bible teaching, and worship of our Savior. We meet each Sunday at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. and also on Wednesdays at 7 p.m. and have many activities for all ages and all walks of life. Give us a call for directions and to find out more about our congregation at 845-462-5955. Sadly, that's all we have time for today. Be sure to join us again here on Building in Faith Radio as Pastor Ed continues to dig deeper into the Word of God. Your Word Restore